It's a monochromatic day here on the coast of Maine, with pops of pink from cherry blossom trees. Lobster buoys are bobbing on top of the sea, and the tempo of waves lapping up against the wharf mimic a ticking clock. I'm Kyle Lamont, and the Belfast waterfront is a great place to begin your tour of the town, which is known for its pristine New England architecture, and for all roads, a two-day festival that transforms a handful of these historic buildings into music venues. To unspool America's soundscape, you must start at the music venue. This is ConcertCast the Podcast, an audio atlas filled with music maps, conversations, and discoveries. Created and hosted by Kyle Lamont. Concert culture is travel-centric, and every venue has a voice. So let us go and listen. ConcertCast the Podcast is brought to you by Maven. High-class leather and motorcycle seats from the woods of Downeast Maine. Handcrafted and shipped worldwide. Mavenseats.com for custom creations. I wipe the web of ocean mist that's caught my eyelashes and start walking up Main Street. I feel like I'm inside a postcard. The pre-Civil War architecture dating back to the 1830s is a direct reflection of New England heritage and also of Mainers. Sturdy, with colorful character. To really feel the weight of time in this town, I visit Colburn's, the oldest shoe store in America, which was built in 1832. Afterwards, I wander in and out of art studios, boutiques, and candy shops, load up on local snacks at the co-op, and grab a cuppa at Bell and the Cat. I make my way to the Crosby Center on Church Street, an old high school built in 1923, which has been repurposed into a venue, and the building also has office spaces and small apartments. I'm scheduled to meet up with Meg Charette here. She's the director of All Roads and a mover and shaker in Maine's music industry. I walk into the high school fully expecting to see a teacher and hear a class bell, but instead, I'm greeted by a cool chick with tattoos and a beaming smile. She's standing behind a table, a.k.a. the pop-up box office, and I ask if Meg is around. She points to a firecracker blonde who's wearing a worn jean jacket and faded black jeans. She's repositioning the makeshift bar to better serve all the festigoers. Even though I'm anxious to talk with her, I'm not a dillweed, and let her finish the important task at hand. And while doing so, an entrancing fuzzy rock band called Capture the Sun lures me into the gymnasium. They're performing on a stereotypical, elevated high school stage with velvet curtains. You know the one I'm talking about. It's the same exact stage you sang holiday songs on in front of proud parents. But this band is far from innocent. They're attuned to an ocean's undertow that brings you to an inky bottom where kelp grows. While listening, I can't help but picture high schoolers from the 1920s gathered in the very same spot to watch a musical or cheer for the basketball team. My imagination moves around the murky reverb and bounces around on the bubbly bass. And when the band announces they're from Portland, I make an ear-popping ascent to the surface and head back to the lobby where I see Meg talking with a volunteer. I kindly interrupt and introduce myself give her kudos for being so hands-on and ask if we could head outside to chat for a bit before the night lifts off for her. We perch on top of a picnic table, a perfect place for her to keep an eye on everything. So what's going through your head? 
It is five o'clock on Saturday. We're about halfway through maybe. I think this is a halfway marker. So I'm feeling good. And how would you describe Belfast to someone who's never been? Belfast is the best. Um, it's about an hour and a half, I think, from Portland. It's on the ocean. It's quaint. The people who live here are amazing. Um, I feel like people who don't live in Maine wouldn't believe that a town like this exists. Charette is from a small town in the middle of Maine called Skowhegan, and it's safe to say she lives for live music. She's the executive director of Launchpad, an arts incubator in Maine, and together with her business partner, Josh Gass, they curate the All Roads Music Festival and also operate a venue in Bangor called the Bangor Arts Exchange. She manages a few local bands, and oh yeah, she's also the talent buyer for the Port City Music Hall in Portland. Since you were maybe in high school in Skowhegan, compared to today, how would you say live music in Maine has changed? I think that... I don't see, I don't know if it changed or if I just got more aware of what there was out there or got more crafty in ways that I was, you know, searching out and seeking out music. But I know live music, I feel like there's performances every day all the time. And I, I love that. I mean, I live in Portland now and everywhere you go, there's bands playing constantly. Even, even in venues that don't even make sense for there to be a band playing in it. People are booking shows in these small, small rooms and I just love it so much. It's really exciting and it's fun for really small bands to play in really small rooms but it's also really cool to see really big bands underplay and play in these tiny rooms that they know they can outsell. Every May all roads lead to Belfast where people come to celebrate indie bands mostly from Maine and who represent all genres. The event stands out because it allows concertgoers to go inside places they otherwise wouldn't have a reason to be in. Let's talk about all of the buildings you are repurposing as venues. Yeah. So when we first started this festival, we wanted to do it and we weren't too familiar with Belfast. So um, we started looking around at what rooms there were in town. And we actually, another nonprofit in town, the Belfast Creative Coalition kind of helped us. So we came down one day and did like a venue tour. We looked at like a yoga studio. We looked at the movie theater that we use now. We looked at um, a couple bars in town. We looked at a deli that had a really big like dining room that we thought maybe we could like get away with. And in the end, we settled on kind of these core venues, the American Legion Hall with the bingo board on the stage that everyone loves so much and a church and a library and an old high school that reopened as a music venue today. And we bring in professional sound and lights and try to, you know, we want to make sure the band sound as good as possible. Um, but most of it is just super grassroots and, and really low budget. We're living in a time where religious nuns are growing. So a live music venue can be considered a house of sacred sounds a nexus of architecture, social gathering, and sonics, and also a bridge that connects generations. And when everything is aligned, emotion is transmitted. And there is constant conversation between architecture and sound, which affects how the music is heard, and more importantly, how we listen. And this pragmatic realization is the foundation to appreciating the physical building and its purpose within a shared experience. A 
venue is a place where you can go see a band. You either you may know them, you may not know them, but no matter what, everybody is there is there for the same purpose. They're there to take in music, to have a new experience, to dance, to remember things, to forget things. Um, so a venue is just this really beautiful communal space, and I love it. Like I love like sharing a look with someone I don't know, and we're both thinking this band is awesome, or like this is the best night, or. I know that sounds super cheesy, but, but it's really true. And I think that's why I stay in music. Because it's, you know, making those moments for not just myself, but for other people is really cool. Yeah, like you're a curator of concerts. Yeah. And by doing that, you're curating like people coming together and, and thinking as one. And it's just so neat when you repurpose buildings to a venue like talk to me more about that process just a little bit because I think it's so special what you've done here in Belfast is like taking these buildings knowing that they can cater to a certain sound and what is that process like like I just walked from a heavy metal to maybe more of like a alternative like sound like but this sound really wouldn't make sense maybe at a different building like is that part of your process like listening to the sounds per the room yeah I think um I think when I finally decide what bands I want to book, then it's sitting down and thinking, okay, well, this band is really loud. So they should probably be in, you know, a larger room. Um, And this band is really folky, so they'd sound really sweet and they'd look really, you know, beautiful in a movie theater. And, you know, my friend Janae is a musician. She has an incredible voice and she actually is a very religious woman. And so to put her in the church today and see her just belting it out in a church full of people was really awesome, you know? And so you do, you think about the type of band, you think about the sound, you think about the type of crowd they're gonna bring too, because we made the mistake of putting Spose in a small venue the first year, and I'm surprised I lived to tell the story. Fans were so mad that they couldn't get in. A quick side note on Spose here. He's a prolific hip-hop artist and entrepreneur from Wells, Maine. Last year, he made a mobile video game app to support his album, Good Luck With Your Life, where you can collect pine cones and battle former Governor LePage to be the king of Maine. He also hosts a podcast where he interviews other entrepreneurs and musicians, and it's his passion for creative collaboration that keeps fans coming back for more. That in clever lyricism, fun music videos, and a true love for Maine. Yeah, there's a lot of thought. I think people don't realize how much uh, plotting and scheming goes into these type of things. Would you say the history adds to the character of a space and to like the vibe of the performance? Oh, I think definitely. I think, um, you know, when you go to like a venue that's completely polished and you know what to expect, your expectations are different. When you come to something like this where you know you're in a freaking high school from 1923, you know, your expectations are a little different and it really allows you to like get your mind away from like how perfect everything has to be and really just enjoy what the moment is and the band that's playing and the fact that you're in a gymnasium (laughs) right now. Located right next door to the Crosby Center is the First Church of Belfast, which boasts an original Paul Revere bell. Inside, you can't help but be quiet and respectful. It's just ingrained in us to act differently in a church. But once the band begins, all that goes out the window. Spirituality is felt but not in a religious sense. The acoustics are great in here, but it's sort of hard to dance in between pews. I think when we added the church, um, 
not last year, but the, we added it the second year, it became the favorite venue. And I do have bands that'll reach out and be like, you know, put in requests for venues they'd like to play or whatever. Um, it is definitely the favorite. Everybody wants to play in there. Because of the sound the and the sound vibe. sound and the vibe. And like, I think for some, like musicians, it's like a dream for some reason to just like rock out in a church. How would you describe Maine in general on the musical map? I feel like compared to the rest of the states I've visited for music, it's its own genre. I think main musicians in general are unapologetically original. Um, they do their own music. They make their own sounds. I just think that somehow, uh, like music, like musicianship and creating and storytelling is just kind of ingrained. The sentiment echoes John Fishman, the drummer of Fish, from our interview at the community radio station in Belfast, where he has a weekly show. I think there's some pretty great bands. The, the two bands that really stick out for me, there was this when Bernie Sanders was running for office, I, I, uh, I, I did this one day where I sat in with like 10, 12 bands in 12 hours or something from, from Portland to Fort Kent. It was like this incredible marathon of sitting in with bands. It was like one or two songs. And uh, that was, I met the Malik brothers doing that, sat in with them. They, they really impressed me. It's one of the things I liked about the band was the storytelling. And it's one of the things I liked about the Mallet Brothers a lot, too. And the Ghosts of Paul Revere were the ones that, you know, I kind of went, oh, well, those guys are pretty cool. That they're really main, you know, lore, and I really started getting into that. Stand fast, ye are the boys of Maine. And I didn't know anything about any of these bands at first. And the other band is this band, Sea People, Sea Peoples, from, I think they're from Portland. Um, they were great. They're, and they're totally, they're, all three of those bands are totally different. One was like, Sea People was a little more good and weird. You know, John Fishman lives in Lincolnville, like not that far from here. So he's playing tonight. And when he agreed to play this set, I almost died. Like, he's drumming with the mallets tonight. I know this is a week. This developed a week ago. Wait, okay, back up. Are you not kidding me right now? Okay, just start over. So John Fishman of Fish is drumming with the Mallet Brothers band tonight to close out this venue. Did he reach out to you, or how did this transpire? So they had played. They were doing. They've been doing this kind of tour around, and it was like you know, two drummers, Chuck still drums, and then John drums, and they did it at Port City, and I booked it there, and it sold out, and it was great. And Mallets played at Bay Bangor Arts Exchange, and they sold it out, and um, so we knew he was like familiar with us and with the venue and all that stuff and the festival obviously so um scott moeller who's the agent for mallets i kind of was just like what are the odds that this would happen and like months ago he was like not good probably not good and i was like all right i figured you know and then like 
three weeks ago, I like think I sent an email with the subject line, like, dude, tell me what I got to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like he responded and he was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then he got back to me like a week later. He's like, you're good to announce Fishman whenever you want. And I'm like, what? And based on my interview with him, he had a kick-ass time. Like, as much as I love Madison Square Garden and the big stages and all that, it's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's awesome. And the festivals and everything. But I really do kind of like the little rooms. I do, like, I, I like going in little clubs. And, like, that VFW Hall thing, you know, that is as fun a place to play as any place, really. For Meg and everyone at Launchpad, their vision is simplicity and sustainability. I'm not going to bring in Ferris wheels in year five. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to change the game up and add a film festival next year. Like it's literally just about the bands and it's just about the indoor venues. And people have asked about outdoor stages and things like that. I don't think we'll ever do it. It's, it's just what this is now is what it is. So, and I'm totally content with that. And if we get to a point where we cap out and we only sell a thousand tickets, I'm totally fine with that. I don't feel like I need to add six more venues. You know, I don't, I don't, I think it would lose, I think it would lose part of itself if it got that big and out of control. They're also very focused on developing the music and art scene in Bangor. I'd been in Bangor eight years and I obviously really enjoy music and going to shows and, um, there was a point four years ago where I opened an art gallery in Bangor called Central Gallery that was supposed to be an art gallery, realistically. And then when I got going, I was like, how do people make money owning an art gallery? And they don't. And so a bunch of bands, like local bands, convinced me to let them play in there. And I fought it for so long because I was like, this is terrible. Like, no one's going to want to come to your loud show in a tiny room. But everybody did. And so we started building this audience and this following and uh, the next thing we knew, we really outgrew it. And we had to kind of decide if we were going to stay in that soft space or look for something larger. So we did. We partnered with the Bangor Symphony and got this big space. So, um, yeah, we share it with them. Our offices are there. The Bangor Ballet has an office there. So it's really this collaborative space. And Launchpad, my organization, is the primary music booker of the venue. So I buy all the talent there, just like I do at Port City and for this festival. And... It's really nice. How would you describe the space? It is a beautifully redone old space. I wish I could remember how old it was. Um, there's a huge ballroom on the second floor with one of those like domed stages. Like So half the folk bands that we put in there don't even fit on it. Um, when you get all the amps and everything, it was just a different time when they built it, you know? And back in the day, I guess that the symphony used to play there like in the 20s or 30s like that's how old this space is so to be in there it's really beautiful on that note we stroll together from the high school towards the vfw hall where she needs to be for the next show we walk by the church and a row of adorable houses and split the sidewalk with some other festi goers when we arrive she effortlessly shifts into work mode happily greeting people coming into the hall i bid adieu and head across the street to the colonial an Art Deco movie theater from the 1920s. Just look for Hawthorne, a big gray elephant on top. Inside, the smell of popcorn wafts through the air, and I hear a siren-esque voice. It begins to guide me through a series of passages underneath the building, which eventually opens up into what feels like a double-decker shoebox with satin lining. I find a spot in the back and seep into the dizzying sounds of Portland-based singer Katie Metzel, who's singing better late than never. Do you know your dreams are the same as mine? 
Afterwards, she explains that the song is about balancing ambition as an artist with her relationship to her husband, who's also in the band. She wears emotions on her sleeve, and you could feel underneath that song many different layers to her soul. From the Colonial, I walk over to Rolly's Pub and Grill. Always a fun time in here. It's wicked laid back, but known to get rowdy. I mow down on their signature dish, the haddock sandwich. And once I'm adequately refueled, I jam back over to the high school for the Mallet Brothers band who's raging with Fishman. I reluctantly peel myself away from the encore because I want to get to Marshall Wharf. Three Tides, a restaurant here, hosts the closing party. And insider tip, you definitely don't want to be shut out of it. Walking back towards the harbor front is awesome. Why? Because we've come full circle. And because it rained during the show, and now that it's stopped, I can almost hear the lamplight shimmering on the street. When I get to Three Tides, I order a dozen oysters because this place is known for their fresh oysters and compare show notes with people at the bar. I love this part about a festival experience, debriefing with others and exchanging favorite moments. While dancing the night away on a bed of crunchy oyster shells, it's not hard to notice everyone smiling. This might be my favorite moment. There are dozens of places to stay while visiting Belfast. We recommend The Gull, a roadside motel from the 1950s. It's affordable, clean, and offers great access to both Main Street culture and coastal hiking trails. If you're lucky to stay downtown proper, definitely grab a room at the Belfast Bay. It is elegant and charming with a cool courtyard and walking distance to restaurants and more. On the next episode, we drive down east and dig into Maine's saltier sounds stay at the Lucky Stone Retreat in Sullivan, and hear from locals on why this remote region is so inspiring. My work is influenced by the quiet. It's a really, really great nurturing place for artists to set up their studios and work. Subscribe, rate, and review ConcertCast on your podcast app of choice. Type in ConcertCast.live for a music-centric itinerary and to learn how you can be part of the show. And find us on Spotify to download a main music playlist. This has been a Good To Go Studios production created by Kyle Lamont and made in Ellsworth, Maine. Our resident mastermind is Mark Tuckashan. This episode was mastered by Portland Pod, Maine's first podcasting studio located in Southern Maine. Special thanks to Meg Charette and everyone at All Roads Music Festival, John Fishman and Vic Treadwell at 100.9 WBFY Belfast Community Radio. Capture the Sun for their song, When the Sun Met the Ocean, Spose for his song, King of Maine, Katie Metzel for their song, Better Late Than Never, Mallet Brothers Band for their live recording, Ghost of Paul Revere for their song, Ballad of the 20th Maine, Sea Peoples for their song, Other Side, and to Emma Temi at Maven Leather, Pepper Little, Abby Rock Jessamine, Corey Chandler, Amy Charlie, Keely Rose, Tanner Campbell, Cara Romano, and thank you for listening.